Uh, welcome to another episode of Board Game Thing, the weekly board games podcast about playing games with friends, but more about the chat around the table and the conversations those games spark than anything else. It's powered by the lovely people at Zatu Games. I'm Andy Bush. I'm joined, of course, by Louise and Brian. Uh, hello, the pair of you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Brian, Brian and Louise. I'm joined by Brian and Louise, both alphabetically and in order of we importance. We are at the penultimate episode and he is still going on about this. It's still going on, isn't it? Do you know what? Weirdly, we were watching, I don't want to go on about the Beatles documentary again, but we were we were uh, watching the Beatles documentary again because it's long the other night and there was a weird thing between, uh, it used to be uh, um, Lennon and McCartney, didn't it? The songwriting credits. Absolutely. And wasn't there a weird thing where um, Paul McCartney then kind of went on and wanted it to be McCartney and Lennon for, for certain things. Is that how well, it worked? After after John Lennon died, I, I believe, please don't sue me, Apple Corps, I, I believe John Lennon, uh, Paul McCartney was like, do you know what, that one, I sort of did mm-hmm. a bit more than him on that one, so I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give myself a bit of more of a credit on that. I think that could be that could if be. If we're going to be honest, then with this with this podcast with with board game thing, even though it's my name on the door, it probably should be Louise first, Thank followed you. by you know me and Brian the same because Louise checks everything through, make sure it's all right, keeps no, on the right track. No, I, I would I would say you two are the Lennon and McCartney. I'll be honest, right? But I'm the George Harrison. I'm on my own. I'm I'm the cat that walks alone. I do my own. Just moan for a bit and then say you're going to leave and the I, band, right? And, yeah, I'm happy. To, I'm happy not <laughs> to have a part in some of the earlier hits, but I'm happy to just have um, while my guitar gently whips. You are myself. Pete okay. Best. You are absolutely Pete Best. Easily replaceable. I'm going to go and join a different uh, podcast uh, uh, about board games of really old board games enthusiasts like Travelling Wilburys right. later on in my career. <laughs> um, can I just say, again, we're on video chat because of the way the world is at the moment, but uh, Louise, have you had your eyebrows done? You look like you've no, got different eyebrows I haven't. Today. What do you mean? That's like, look, do they look better or Brian. worse? No, they look, they look I, better. They, they, look? they look, look improved. I don't, I don't, I'm not slagging oh, off your eyebrows right. how they used to be. Um, uh, could just Louise, can I just lean forward and speak to the cap so I can see you on the camera? When we record in the closet or, you know, remotely or whatever, I just tend to not wear makeup. And um, my partner always calls me raw gyoza when I'm not making, when I'm not wearing makeup. Because you know those gyoza you can get and that doesn't have the nice like pastry on the outside. And he's like, you look like a raw gyoza. Right. And, you know, he, wow. doesn't, he doesn't say gross, but, you know, that's what he's implying. And that's fine. Fine. So, can we just clarify? Have you got makeup on your nothing, eyebrows absolutely now? Absolutely nothing. Or, or and I'm going to do this for you. She's wiggling her eyebrows. There's no way they're not. They are the same eyebrows that we saw the other week. What I'm, do you so, mean? I'm sorry. Like, yeah. Look, I'm rubbing the, them and everything. There's yeah. no makeup coming off them. Don't labour the point. As Brian said, could you just come a little closer to the camera, just so we can just see? And I <laughs> need to talk shades. so I become big on your screen. <laughs> Something's going on there. Shades of shades of Groucho Marx. Shades of Groucho Marx. Uh, one, of, one of the things I just wanted to put past you guys, this has happened to me in the past hour. I was just I went for a little walk into town to get a coffee ahead of us uh, doing our little podcast record. And do you know what I found on the floor? A uh, raunchy lighter that someone had dropped. And I was just thinking to myself, you don't see raunchy lighters that much or pens oh these days. Oh my God. I know. I know. I'm a, I'm a connoisseur of raunchy lighters. Is it one of the ones where you turn it upside down and the lady's, her, her clothes come off? <laughs> No, do you know what? I wish he was. It's just a simple... It's a girl in a bikini with a cowboy hat on, uh, slightly soft focus. But it does open like a gateway back to, as you rightly point out, Brian, in the 80s, particularly when we were at school, there was it was like a real top end of... It was the peak era of uh, clickable pens where if you click the lid, the black um, bikini of the model, male or female, came off. You could get them on the ferries to and from the French exchange. 
Now, can I just ask a question as two males in my life? You know, obviously yeah. with COVID, we're being really safe and like you don't shake hands anymore and you don't, we don't kiss anymore. I mean, on the cheek, um, unless the person's in your bubble. Do you know, like okay. back in the 80s or even 90s when you'd go through like a sort of um, forested area and there was like a interesting mag laid out in on the ground behind a tree. What was right. that about and what is the story with cross-contamination and how would that affect these times in terms of us not even being allowed to shake hands anymore? That was actually me. <laughs> I, I estimate probably 80% of all the stuff found in bushes was well, me. Well, I was very active. If that was you, if that was you Brian, what, what, were you chucking them away? I always wonder why so many um, adult blue magazines were cast away in hedges. So, you know, was it uh, uh, people getting rid of them quickly or what was the deal? No, no, it was just, I was just a pint. You know how like people do those things now, you see them, they're quite twee on Instagram, like... I've gone round to London and I've left I've left a hundred copies of Charles Dickens books for people to read. I want to spread the love. It was like me, but with Grumble. It's a bit of Grumble everywhere. But I thought it and was then, all about yeah. paying it forward. I thought like you left it there for the next dude. Is that not why they were left around? Uh, I think I I think it probably and most most things in this country. And apologies if there are any HGV drivers listening. I think most of it is from HGV drivers. That that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, who would just chuck it when they're done with it? Chuck it. Laybys. Normally in laybys and stuff like that as well. Oh, so it isn't this kind thing. I've enjoyed this. Now you enjoy it. I thought that's what it was. I thought it was really like a nice community like type a book thing. Club. Yeah, like a magazine club. Is it? Is that not what it was? I don't, I don't know if it is, but uh, if, I love the fact that you've been thinking that in terms of like uh, the way that we're on a, a site, on Facebook group called Eco Essex. So if we've got some shoes that our kids don't want anymore, you just put them on the on Facebook group and someone else will have them exactly. when their kids get to that age. That's lovely, isn't it? Bush's board game thing. Uh, look, this week on this podcast, we're talking about um, a game that is a science fiction juggernaut in the gaming world. Uh, so much so, um, there's such a big game on the scene that we're going to give it an entire episode dedicated to it. Talking about terraforming Mars. Uh, when I initially sent the uh, a video of the tutorial ahead of playing this game online to Louise, what did you say back in the group? I said, um, this is f***ing insane. My brain hurts. <laughs> Well, if you don't know what it is, uh, here's the blurb on Board Game Geek. Uh, in the 2400s, mankind begins to terraform the planet Mars. Giant corporations sponsored by the world government on Earth initiate huge projects to raise the temperature, the oxygen level, and the ocean coverage until the environment is habitable. Uh, in Terraforming Mars, you play one of those corporations and work together in the terraforming process, but compete for getting victory points that are awarded not only for your contribution to terraforming, but also for advancing the human infrastructure throughout the solar system and doing other, I love this, and doing other commendable things. Um, so we've been, we've been playing it. It's uh, it's quite a brain burner of a game. Initial thoughts, I know everyone was a bit reluctant because this is the problem with this game. It looks terrible. With, with all the best will in the world, it's one of the best board games of all time. It's iconic. But Terraforming Mars, when you put it down on the table in front of people, it looks absolutely horrendous. So I understand that you guys, uh, understand why you guys were initially a little bit reluctant. It was it was incredibly daunting mm. to start with. And also, I didn't go into it... I, by the way, I loved it. But I didn't go into it with, uh, with any high hopes. Because I tell you what, I have an ethical problem with terraforming, right? And bear with me, because I'm going to go on a bit of a journey around you, here. But I will get You've back, got an ethical problem with terraforming. With terraforming. So, uh, I'm, I'm Irish, obviously. No, you're not. You're a plastic paddy. Say, probably more, Come on now. More Irish than Come Louise. Come on now, you two. Uh, I've got an Irish passport. You can't die. I will in my go birthday. to your house and burn um, it. That's that's the problem cousins, with you lot, isn't it? 
<laughs> my cousins are, are house builders. They build houses for a living. And he said, like in the in the in the late noughties, it was he would build so many houses for English people coming to Ireland. They would retire. Right. They would say right, or they would start a new life in Ireland. They'd have a house built out in the country for them to their exact spe- specifics. They would move in. He says more often than not, they it was on the market within a year. And I tell you why. You can't run away from your problems. You cannot run away from your problems. You can't just that's that's a lot of that's what that's what going to Mars is. We need to solve the problems on Earth before we go to no, Mars. No, I don't agree. But other I mean, than that, love that's love an the example game. of 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 you know, you just are of your of your family not being able to hack the Irish. That's definitely what it is. You literally come over and like, get them that out immediately. Yeah. So what so what you're saying is if we do eventually terraform Mars, we can't let the Irish in. Is that what you're English saying? Is that what like, but it's a good point, and in many ways, it's almost a Michael Jackson-esque statement for Brian to make. That why, listen, guys, why should we be uh, spending all this time and attention on terraforming a new planet when there's so many hearts to be healed on our own planets right now? Do you know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Uh, and then also part of um, I, I love science fiction and I love like shows about that sort of stuff. So I don't know if you guys ever watched The Expanse. Yes, very, very good. Um, and on that. Uh, there, there are people from Mars. Oh yeah, but they all have really weird accents. So one, one person from Mars has a Kiwi accent, and this other person from Mars has like a Texan drawl. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm always thinking like, what? And again, my hatred of that has transferred over to this game. So why? But, but I suppose, I suppose, if you terraform Mars from the Earth, there, it's conceivable that a load of Kiwis will go and set up an area. And a load of people from Texas will set up an area, so maybe I'm they'll wrong. probably set up a bar or something like that, you know, and, and show uh, football at the weekends and everything. I mean, going back to the Expanse, which is it's a great program, it's a great sci-fi show. Yeah, there's a few accent problems in that as well, wasn't? It? Isn't there a, 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 a um, one of the nations or one of the races in it have got like a patois style of talking? Yeah, so so there is a, a, a nation of people that live in the asteroids and stuff, and they're called the Belters. And they have this language, which is a mixture of sort of like I don't know patois, like maybe Jamaican yeah, patois yeah. is where it's inspired from, and English. And you can see these poor actors <laughs> having to like go, oh god, do I really have to sort of do this stupid cod accent? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So to sum up, love the game, very complicated. But once you sort of get your head around it, great. But my hatred of uh, terraforming and weird accents in space sort of put me off to start with, but I overcame it eventually. So, uh, one thing I noticed about this game, Louise, at first you were slightly reluctant, and which is which is completely within your rights, because when you look at it, it just looks like a spreadsheet, you're moving these cubes around. Also, one of those games as well, I mean, I don't know if they're ever going to bring out like a massive upgrade on it, but uh, it's one of those games where if you happen to stand up to get a cup of tea, you knock all your cubes off and then you're screwed, and you have to go right back to the beginning. But uh, you were a little bit reluctant at first, but then you kind of turned into a bit of a, a, bit of a uh, terraforming demon towards the end. We didn't get a chance to play the full game to completion, but you were you were going great guns at the end, Louise. Yeah, I mean, I'm always hesitant at the beginning of anything and then I get right into it and uh, I did end up loving that game. So I love the fact that we were corporations but we were kind of working together for good. Well, I mean, you could see it both ways but I, I was definitely working for good. I wanted to make it a good planet. I wanted to make it habitable and I really enjoyed that element of it. What was your vision for Mars then, Louise? Imagine Mars in the future mm-hmm. then. Uh, if it was de- designed by Louise Maloney, what does Mars look like? Picture it now. Just like um, loads of food and uh, loads of sleep pods and loads of water. Sleep that's pods. it. Okay. Scant, scant detail. You went all the way to Mars. You went all the way to Mars 
to have a sleep. Listen, what, what is saying? the theme of me on this podcast? Sleeping is my favourite thing in the whole world. I just go up, have a kip and come home. Do you know what, if, if I was going to, my vision for Mars would be, I just love shopping centres. I know they all look the same. Hang on, I love what? Causeway. You love shopping centres. Shopping centres, right. My local shopping centre from Bristol, where I spent a big part of my life, Cribs Causeway, absolutely love it. I used to go down there. I, I, I think if you come from a family background like I, I did, where we would go to the shops every Saturday for no reason, not, even if mm. we didn't need anything, it would be a family trip to the shops and then meet up with my mum and dad again at the end at our price by the NCP car park in Torquay and then get because the, you wouldn't want to walk around town with them. You'd be mortified. You'd be bumped into friends. But I just love shopping centres. I think they should um, do that kind of like shiny... Uh, interior shopping centre paving all the way around, piped music around Mars. Oh, oh, that'd be so nice. Yeah. Lovely air conditioning. Do you know what? That's actually a viable reason why you should leave the Earth. Because if you think about it now, shopping is rubbish compared to what it used to yeah. be. You go down any high street now and all it is is tanning salons, yep. uh, vape, sh- vape shops, yep. always vape Vapes. shops, loads of vape shops. And then you can always tell how bad a high street is by how many shoe zones it has. <laughs> Uh, we've got we've got two in, well, I think we've got two in Grantham two shoe zones I, um, I uh, think there's something in the lights in shopping centres because as soon because like you Bush my mum would love to go to the shopping centre on a Saturday yeah. afternoon and I'd go and the minute I'd go in about five minutes after being in I'd feel really dizzy and I actually have thrown up in two bins in uh, shopping centres because I feel so sick I don't know I feel so weird yeah, when I go, not from the lights it is, is it? that's not from the lights it's, uh, it's that lighter fuel you're sniffing isn't it it gets right to your head no, I mean I've I would love it. I'd love one of the main... You know, they have these big crevices in Mars and stuff, don't they? Big craters. Maybe one of them a massive food hall. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like in Hamlet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, for my vision of Mars, uh, have we got time? Because it's probably going to take about sort of 35 minutes to lay it all out. Or <laughs> just give us a quick crazy of what, it, what it's about. Yeah, Truncated yeah. version. So, I love this game, but you know how the resource cubes we have, it was things like titanium, steel... Yeah. Uh, what are some of the other ones? Um, titanium, clay. Steel. I made that one up, but clay, clay, I can't remember what the other ones uh, are. Uh, but like, um, yeah. But I don't think it was realistic enough because you're going to Mars. All that stuff's great for building and stuff, right. but you want more sort of aspirational resources, right. like the aforementioned pawn in a hedge. <laughs> yeah, all the essentials of so pawn, stuff that you like from planet Earth, really. Pawn in a hedge, um, uh, burgers. Uh, sleeping pods for Louise. We should have had more of that, phone, I think. Phone credit. Um, what else can you have there that you, you, you kind of like from... Uh, brilliant signal for your mobile phone. Yeah. Uh, free football... Free access to football matches. Live. Greg's. A bit of Greg. Greg's. That, imagine that. Terraforming Mars with like f- putting the Greg's every couple of feet. Oh my God, that'd be so good. Favourite thing from Greg's very quickly. If you go in the Greg's, what are you getting? Yeah, but you have to have two. You have to have two sausage rolls. You can never have one. Two sausage rolls? Yeah, sometimes they even insist because it's like two for a pound. They're like, go on, have two. And you're like, I don't want to. And they're like, go on, have two. Two sausage rolls Uh, and a cup of Barry's tea is like literally the most amazing hangover cure. Have either of you two read The Martian, Staying on the Whole Mars thing by Andy Weir or seen the movie with uh, Matey Boy in it? Have have either of you two read or seen it? Yep. Yep, read it. What do you think of it? Read it and seen it. Did both, mate. Did both. And also, I did it before the film came out. I didn't read the film adaptation book because, you know, that's the sort of guy I am. And uh, that's him, obviously, trying to survive on Mars as a bit of an accident, but he does some brilliant science and stuff like that to survive there. So it shows that it's, you know, quite an inhospitable place. I mean, do you think Mars is a place in the future you'd want to go to, or do you think, like, I'll wait for one of the other planets to come up? I'd uh, actually like to terraform Uranus. 
He just left that in a text the other day. Do you remember that bush? Just put it. I've no been, one said anything. No wait, one responded. Been, it just I've left. Been, it was just lingering there. I want to. I want to terraform your. Uh, <laughs> Uranus. It's weird. I've been waiting to say that. Do you know what? I've been waiting to say that since we came yeah. on, but I've, I've been holding it back and I couldn't hold it I back. Know. It's, it's not even as if this was a right moment to do it. It was apropos of nothing. Terraforming Uranus. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. I mean, that's an expansion. Which is one of the titles I want to take up to uh, Mars. Is it on the, on the Stronghold Games? I think the people who make Terraforming Mars, uh, that is obviously one of the potential expansions that are on the table, but they've, they're yet to action that and go for it yet. So... So there you go. Uh, check it out. You can buy Terraforming Mars, and there's a ton of different expansions for it uh, right now from Zatu's website. I think it's time to get ourselves uh, a cheeky little Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. Right, are you ready for some absolutely amazing, amazing facts about Mars? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we've got a good appetite for Mars in, in this episode. you got any other Mars stuff yep. you want to chat about, by the way, do get in touch. Uh, 24-7 Mars chat at Board Game Thing on yeah. Instagram. And meet us on the Mars forums. We're, we're very active on the Mars what's your, forums. What's your, um, I'm Red Planet. What, what's your forum name, sorry? Red Planet 69. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Dusty Spring 75. Okay, good. What's yours, Lou? Watery Planet. It's got no, it's famously got no I know, that's, no it's ironic. It's aspirational. Anyway, facts about Mars. Uh, what shall I hit you with first? You know what? Mars is a robot world. What? What do you mean? It's a robot world. It, it's entire population are robots. Oh, I see what you mean. Because remember there was that brilliant West Country guy with mad hair whose who's rover robot still stuck ass up somewhere on a, on a Mars cliff. Colin Beagle. God, God bless him. Let's... Less, less, Lester, we have a problem. <laughs> what was his name again? Colin what? Colin Beagle. Colin Beagle. That was half the battle. He had a silly name. Lovely bloke, though. We had him on our, on our radio show a few times. Was it? No, I don't think his name was Colin Beagle. I think he was called the Beagle. Colin... Oh, no, you're <laughs> right. He wasn't called Colin Beagle. <laughs> the robot was called Colin Beagle. Be- Colin yeah, Pillinger. Beagle. Colin Pillinger. That's it. Oh, what so a sorry. lovely chap he was. God, he was a lovely chap. Uh, and I've just, I've just slandered him. Colin's Beagle. Colin Beagle. Colin Beagle. That's what the book will be called. Uh, Anyway, there are currently four robots on Mars. Right. So it's it's the it's the planet in the solar system, or possibly in the in the universe, that's only inhabited by robots. That's that's number one. That's fact. a good fact. That, how did that how did that land, guys? I enjoyed you know that. I have to say. Okay, fair enough. Do you know why Mars is red? Uh, is this like that joke? What's ET short for? <laughs> Louise. What is ET? Short it's got for? little legs. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. I love that. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, bro- um, why, is, why is it it's red? red? It's red uh, because it's rust. It's rust. It's a rusty planet. But rust, what, yeah, what do you what's mean, rusting? Like? What is rusting? There's lots of iron in the soil there. So obviously iron, when it's exposed to uh, oxygen, yeah. which there's very little of it, there's tiny, tiny amounts, it rusts. So that's why it's red. If you took off the first like couple of inches of soil, it'd be normal coloured soil. There you go. So you went and dust it down. So dust ever, it down ever, on Mars. Yeah, if we ever get there, we could just we could give it a coat, new coat, it wouldn't be red anymore. Fantastic. Well there you go. That's a good this is two very strong facts to kick things off. You got one more? Got I got two got two wow. more. Got two more, mate. I'll just do a quick little one just to whet your appetite for the last one. Do you know one. why this is, Bush? Right? It's because you it said has... I do a lot of uh, work on this podcast behind the scenes and I was coming up with two extra yeah, facts. It's too late. It's the penultimate episode, Brian. It's too bloody late. Don't care. Uh, it has earthquakes all the time. You wouldn't think of it. It has earthquakes, but 
They shouldn't be called... This is what I thought of. It shouldn't oh, yeah. be called earthquakes. It should be called Marsquakes. A Marsquake. People say there are earthquakes on Mars, but they're, they're not. It should be called Marsquakes. I wanna, I'm going to try and copyright that. But um, as I the more it. I hear about it, you know, and we've just been playing a game about, you know, making it nicer for people to live in. I don't know, but I think we should go somewhere else. It just sounds terrible. It's got yeah, there's rust, no, there's, there's literally no, no point going there. there. Yeah. And the last, the last fact is going to absolutely blow your minds. If you went to Mars right now, right? right? Mm. Louise, Andy, yeah. land on the planet. Say, for instance, you didn't have to wear a spacesuit. I know you do, but say you didn't. You're standing there, right? You know the sounds a planet makes, like the rustling, the wind, the earth mm -hmm. moving, whatever, yeah. yeah? You wouldn't be able to hear that because the frequency is too low. Do you know who would be Dogs. able to hear it? Who? Elephants. What? what? The, only, the only creature from the earth that can hear what Mars sounds like but I didn't elephants. know elephants had some special, like, special hearing vibes. What's the crack with that? Well, they, Apart from the got, big ears. Well, they got, they got, they got <laughs> massive ears. That, that isn't an indication, <laughs> though, to their sound, right? To their hearing. I mean, yeah. I mean, Is yeah. It? I mean, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. So, yeah, are you, say are you so, saying yeah. then, if we're up on, just say, early days, it's early days of trying to, you know, get out there on Mars and make sure everything's all right, the way that you would normally take, like, dogs out there to yep. sniff and to check for stuff, we'd have to take a load of elephants yep. up to have a look around first. <laughs> to hear what's going on. Otherwise, you might get crushed by a boulder that you won't hear coming. Oh, my God. And then you've got the, you know, even an elephant wants to sit down and have a break for five minutes, that could crush you as well. It's fraught with danger, isn't it? Yeah. It, I, I've just made the whole process of, of going to Mars 100% more complicated because now we've got to take elephants. It's going to take us ages to get them up there. Imagine putting an elephant in space. Maybe, maybe we take baby, baby elephants. Let them grow. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Brian, they are some fantastic uh, facts about Mars. And I think, you know, again, you've got real good social consciousness about you uh, in this episode, showing some of the dangers as well of, uh, you know, rather flippantly terraforming like we were in the board game. Uh, some other games uh, are to recommend, I mean, mining and science fiction, that's what uh, the two things that collide in terraforming Mars give you a few mining recommendations and then later on some sci-fi recommendations. Mining games out there that you might want to check out. Caverna, The Cave Farmers, uh, that's one that's supposed to be really good. Uh, In the Hall of the Mountain King, which has got a great name. It's got that kind of uh, Mines of Mordor-y... Uh, no, what's it called? What are the mines called in uh, Lord of the Rings? Mines of... Uh... Mines of uh, Moria. No? Mines of Moria, that's it. It's got a Mines of Moria type vibe. In the Hall of the Cat Mountain King is, is, is that famous song, isn't it? It's... The... Thought Park thing. Is it? I didn't know that. Is it Thought Park? <laughs> yeah, you know. That's in the Hall of the Mountain. Well, maybe it's a board game about Thought Park. Who knows? Coal Baron also too. Uh, very, very good. And Quartz as well. Uh, Louise, uh, I'm hearing that you've had a major breakthrough in the past seven days since we last did this podcast. Tell us about it. I had an alcoholic beverage. Wow. Because I, if you've listened to the first, in one of the first episodes of the podcast, um, I had to shut down my drinking for a while. Um, always drink responsibly because I had done an all day bender and um, it hadn't gone well. But I had a glass, sorry, two glasses of mulled wine on Sunday in my local pub and I didn't get anything shut down Ugh. this time. Oh. What's your problem with mulled wine? What's wrong with mulled wine? How long did you go? How long did you go without drinking for five, four or five months? Six months, is it? I think five. Four yeah. or five months. And then, and then your first drink <laughs> after that is like fermented like twigs and. Yeah, well, oh, I, I love mold wine. No, I so love do it. I, and, and it's oh, so it's you know I wanted to get in the festive spirit of things. I wanted to feel Christmassy, and I'm not going to lie to you, Brian. It did the job. No, no, no. You you brew a good drink. You either you brew it or you distill it. 
You don't look. M- that's it, not the point. That's not the point. Leave it. Leave it in a container. Is that what it is? I've corner. never really thought about the implications of the verb to mull something in mulled wine. So you just like yeah. is mulling a thing? Yeah. It's it's like uh, you just leave it. You just leave it, and it does its own little I thing. Think, you don't have any active process. Yeah, do we review? Have you ever had eggnog before? I know that's like a big Christmas thing, but I think it might be an American. I've thing. never had, had it, and apparently it's gross. Like apparently it's just all a big faff for nothing. Yeah, it, sounds, it does sound a little bit it's weird. It's very similar to ba- Bailey's, I believe. Mm. But with anyway, eggs, with eggs guys, in the top. can I just say something? I had a drink and yeah. I didn't get anything shut down or anything. So no fights in kebab no shops. Uh, you didn't wake up in a police cell or anything like that. So that is no progress. No upending any tables, no upending any chairs, getting people to get nothing. I just had two glasses of more wine and I got home safe. Do you mean, back in the early days of this season of the podcast when we could actually go and meet at Drafts, the board game cafe, and play some games face-to-face, you were always on the water or lemonade. And I think Mm. Brian and I were both like, when you see someone do that, you think they might have a bit of a fighty past and they're just trying to keep a lid on things. (laughs) And it's good to know you're back in the game, Louise. Back in the game. With that in mind, let's get Louise's board game character backstory service in the bag. Okay, so this week it's the little joker fella from Rummy Cub. Do you know him, Bushy? Brian? Brian is obsessed with I this bloke. I do. I know him well. I love Rummy Cub. I love it. I play it with the kids all the time. I was going to say, sorry, we, we will put a photo of this slightly haunting uh, character's face onto our Instagram, at Board Game Thing, for you to have a look at, because it's uh, he's weird looking, isn't he? He's a weird looking character. He's, I, don't, I can't, for the, for the life of me, think how you're going to come up with a backstory of him, because the fact they've got this fella on there is so incongruous with the rest of the game. It's like a family-friendly numbers game, and I don't know how or why he is on that tile. Anyway, look at him. Do you know what he looks like, right? And again, we'll put it on our our Instagram, at Board Game Thing. Have you ever seen the picture that people use for a troll on the internet? Mm. Oh, yeah. Like a weird laughing face. It's like that. The guy that's crying. The guy that's crying. It's like like that. I I don't like Rummy Cub Man. I don't like him. So for those of you who don't know, Rummy Cub is a classic sort of numbers and sequence game uh, where you have to get rid of your tiles by creating rows of numbers. So it sounds kind of boring, but in fact, it's, it's brilliant. Brian, it's brilliant, right? I love it. Um, I play it with the kids all the time. I always lose because I'm awful at math. <laughs> but it's, it's, quite, it's quite good fun because you can strategize on how to get, get rid mm. of your tiles the fastest. It's very good. It's very, 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 very so there's good. a Joker tile. It's called the Joker tile, surprisingly enough. And it looks nothing yeah. like a Joker. So let me tell you, he has a very interesting face. Uh, again, I know, Bush, you've said this, but we, you've got to check out our Instagram because we're going to leave him there just to freak you out all over Christmas. Freaky. And this is the story of why the Joker in Rummy Cub looks nothing like a Joker. His name, obviously, this is a running theme, uh, was Robert Rummy Cub. And he oh. had a dream, you know, oh, oh, oh. you know. And he had a dream to invent the number one number strategy game in the whole world. And guess what? He bloody well went and did it. But the games company he took it to didn't want to have him on the front cover because he had such a massively spherical face. He looked like someone had drawn a smiley face on a pie tin. So... That's a very accurate. That's very. He does. Is I mean, how does he it's get weird. it so spherical? It reminds me of. I tell you who he also looks like. Sajid Javid. He's got a perfectly spherical. Head he does, doesn't he? It's just like a perfect circle. So the games company were adamant. The CEO of the company even said, "Look for his face. It's not happening." Okay. His Ooh. wife was like, "Darling, your face is so round. You look like a tangerine with a body." And then, even his dog, <laughs> the one creature that should be loyal no matter what, shook his head when he asked. Should he have his face on the cover? 
I know. Oh. Obviously, dogs can't speak, you know, but his eyes were just like, no, you absolute maniac, you're going to scare children. So Robert Rummikup felt dejected that no one would see him, and he trudged to the factory where they were making the game and threw himself into the machinery that was printing up the board game, which was a tragic end. Or was it? He did, in fact, get his face on the game because when he threw himself into the machinery, it was his face that was stamped onto what should have been the Joker tile, and he is now immortalised in Rummy Cup. Wow, so, so he kind of ended, but then lived forever, exactly. in many ways, by being immortalised in the game. That's unbelievable. No, no offence, Louise. Uh, oh, God. That could, be, that could be a Hollywood script. Do you think, that could yeah? be, the, the, the story of, of betrayal, uh, dejection, mm-hmm. and ultimately, redemption. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of that what one. What a wonderful, very, the, very the highs and lows, the highs and lows. Uh, sometimes, and this is the beautiful thing about uh, Louise's board game backstory service. It, you know, you, you might take that for granted. You might, you know, Brian, you play Rummy Cub all the time, but you'd probably be like, yeah. wouldn't know that, would you, in a million years? Now, now I know when I play, I just, there's going to be a silent, just a single solitary tear yeah. rolling down my eyes in honour of Robert Rummy Cub and the sacrifice he made to bring us the UK's number one number strategy game for the ages of uh, 12 upwards. R.I.P. Robert Rummy Cub, this episode's dedicated to you. If there was a piano ending for like EastEnders, we would do that for you right now, Robert Rummy Cub. Thank you for that, Louise. That's fantastic. If you have any games that you think Louise should do a backstory for, all you've got to do is drop us a message at Board Game Thing. A quick recommendation of some space exploration games that you might want to check out. We mentioned mining a bit earlier on. Of course, this episode's all about terraforming Mars. Astronomy Flux, very, very good. The Crew, the quest for Planet Nine is awesome. Uh, Rocket Man is good. Uh, Race for the Galaxy, Intrepid, and a board game that I'm actually looking at right here on my board game shelf, which I haven't got to yet, but it, it looks amazing. It's about launching your own um, like space mission, International Space Agency. It's called Stellar Horizons by Compass Games. It's massive and it looks brilliant, and at some point in my life, maybe when I've retired, I'll get a chance to play it. Uh, then finally... And also... Don't forget coming to Kickstarter, uh, Terraforming no. Uranus by Brian no, Murphy no. Games. Uh, I'm just putting the feelers out of the minute to see who wants to sort of invest, get involved. Have, haven't really got a, a concept yet, uh, just a loose sort of idea. But yeah, so just get in touch with uh, my Kickstarter, Terraforming Uranus. Do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? Right. This would be great, right? What we'll do... We'll get you to write the small one-paragraph pitch and we'll, we'll message uh, Stronghold Games, who are the people who make um, Terraforming <laughs> Mars. Let's just see if we can get an actual comment. Or, uh, be dead serious about it. Let's just see if we can get a comment from them on Instagram or something. And they could probably politely decline you, but uh, we should at least email well, no, them. I don't, I don't need them. I don't need them because uh, Mar- uh, ter- the word Terraforming isn't copyrighted. Uranus right. isn't... Co- is Uranus copyrighted? That's personal. <laughs> So, so I will. I can just go and do my own unofficial terraforming Uranus. Tell your wife Alison that you've you've put all the saving, all, all the kids' money for the university and everything into this project. Don't worry, it's going to be a winner. It's, it's a hill you're prepared to die on. Uh, right, we'll we'll pick back up on that in next week's episode. Just just uh, conclude with the board game stock exchange, an amalgam of a FTSE 100 style index of the board game geek. Uh, hotness and the top 20 games on Zatu's website at the moment. Muffin Time, still number one on Zatu's top 20. Uh, an iconic game that will just, it's just always there. People seem to love it and I think Classic. Uh, with people being trapped in the house and everything, it's going to be uh, even more pertinent this time around. Uh, I love the fact as well, at number seven in Zatu's top 20, they've got Ticket to Ride Nordic, which is kind of a Father Christmas 
Laplandi ticket to ride train game, which again, very, very festive, worth checking out too. And then on Board Game Geek's Hotness, uh, just a little cursory mention for people who own the board game Obsession, uh, which is one of my favourite board games of all time. I took it on a lads week, walking weekend away that I did with Brian and a group of friends. Uh, do you remember we went up to... Uh, where were we in in the in the rural north? Where did we do our big walk, Brian? Uh, the, the peak, the peak district. We went up, we, we went up Kinder Scout. I took you up Kinder Scout. It took me up Kinder Scout. Uh, well, obsession is about running your own stately home in uh, rural Victorian Derbyshire, which is probably the most bizarre niche. Uh, theming for a game but you have to set up a stately home a little bit like Downton Abbey the board game but you uh, have to hire waiters and put like shooting games on or or organise bridge and basically you're trying to work your way up uh, in the world of uh, hoi polloi and then marry the best people so it's a fantastic game but it's just done another Kickstarter run and is uh, available I think to purchase in retail pretty damn soon so check that out right that is another episode of Board Game Thing in the can uh, like I say if there's anything you want to chat about all you've got to do is drop us a message at Board Game Think uh, and find out a lot of the games we've been talking about in this episode on uh, Zatu's website although I don't think Terraforming Uranus is on there at the moment but you're in talks with Davey Zatu Brian to maybe get it stopped if it does a successful Kickstarter run yeah as usual he's not returning my emails so if you could email him for me that'd be fantastic I'll pass that on this has been Bush's Board Game Thing we will see you in the next one 